You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning try. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. We got a lot to get to. Baldy's been a busy man, and we are going to break down the AFC West today. We're going to go division by division as we lead up to camp. Try to get you guys caught up on what we think is going to happen in the NFL in these divisions this year. Obviously, we know once the season starts and injuries and all that changes. But what we know right now is what we're going to focus on. But before we get to that, Baldy, and by, by the way, guys, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast. Follow us in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. You can watch us on YouTube as well. So many ways to access the program. And we put new episodes out every Tuesday, Thursday, usually unless there's some kind of breaking news. So, Baldy, before we get to the AFC West, because I, I think it's an intriguing division, the Chiefs have owned that division, and we'll talk plenty about it. But we find out, at least in the rumor mill, that yeah. it seems like the Jets are going to be the team that gets to be on hard knocks. Now, we talked about this. Robert yeah. Sala was like, look, I don't want to be on there. I don't want to do it. And it seems like the NFL is forcing, okay, the Jets to do this. I think they're the most intriguing offseason team with the move, right, with Aaron Rodgers. There's, there's been nothing bigger. But if, in fact, this is true, and we think this is going to be officially announced a little bit later on this week, what, what do you make of it? Well, I think it's going to be good theater. It's going to be good television. And that's what, you know, ultimately the NFL wants is just eyeballs to a team that has a great deal of buzz. They open up Monday night football this year against Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest story in the league, bar none. Uh, Him working with guys half his age, you know, out there on the field, whether it's, (laughs) you know, Garrett Wilson or Sauce Gardner, how he, you know, communicates, integrates himself what he's done this offseason. I mean, all eyes are on him. It has been throughout the offseason. They play the Hall of Fame game this year. So they're, they'll be the first one to training camp this year. Uh, they'll be in Canton, Ohio this summer. They have a bunch of Jets going into the Hall of Fame. Darrell Revis is going in. Joe Klecko is going in. They have the reigning offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, the reigning defensive player of the year in Sauce Gardner. I mean, there's just so much. So you can imagine NFL – I'm at NFL Films right now, Carl. I can just imagine the NFL Films crew heading up to Canton and there's Darrell Revis. Yeah. And there's Rex Ryan and Darrell Revis, you know, a decade ago. And there's Joe Klecko, you know, the sack exchange. And you could just see – you can build the storylines right now, Carl. Week by week you can build this stuff. Like I, like I understand Robert Sala's position. Let us just like get in the bunker. Yep. Let's like – Block out the noise. Let's get ourselves ready to play. That's, But there's been a lot of teams. 
I believe, that have really benefited with the play of hard knocks. I mean, you go back to the Ravens the first year in 2000 with Saragusa and with, you know, Shannon Sharp and, and all that gang. I mean, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Ray Lewis, I thought last year in Detroit was a big deal. I think we got a chance to see Dan Campbell in action and got to know some of those players that end up winning eight of the last 10 games. And a few years before that, there was Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, that, that turned out to be a good thing for Cleveland. So I think the way NFL films works, honestly, you don't even know the cameras are there after the second day. Now what they report, you know, on HBO on Tuesday nights, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, uh, They'll all be watching. Everybody will be watching. Yeah, I just get excited when I hear that music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it adds the dramatic flair that it needs, right? You they're know, the ultimate when, documentary makers. Oh, they're they're it, the ultimate. They're the best. It, it is. So uh, we will get some insight into Robert Sala, which I think you you know him. Um, I don't know if a lot of fans know a lot about Robert Sala. You I know, think we only know one side. You know, the, you know, the coach has got to wear a lot of hats. Right. You know, you, you got to deal with the owner. You got to deal with your 53rd player. You got to deal with the disgruntled player. Quentin Williams isn't signed. Who knows what, you know, when's that going to deal going to get done? I mean, a lot of things. But you want to see the coach, a motivator. Yep. You know, uh, a guy that can build a vision, you know, and how you put this, uh, this plan together, how he integrates with this new head, you know, his new offense coordinator, Nate Hackett, who he knows, and Aaron Rodgers, his new quarterback. And there's just a lot of elements there that I think people want to see from the head coach. So the Jets look mm-hmm. like they will be the team. And uh, for me and Baldy, we, we can't wait. We, we just we think it's going to be great and exciting and a lot of fun. And as he mentioned, a lot of storylines. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the AFC West. Here's what's interesting before we get to the potential win totals and what Vegas believes is going to happen this season. Understand this before we get into this conversation, guys. The Chiefs have won seven consecutive division titles. They're tied for the most in NFL history, okay, with the 1970 Los Angeles Rams, who won between 73 and 79. And then you're talking about the Patriots and Brady, who won 11 consecutive division titles. The Chiefs couldn't match that mark. I mean, there's no reason to believe with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback that they couldn't reach 10 or 11, but they own this division so far, Baldy, and they're not chasing anybody in this division. And I want to start with the Chiefs. They're coming off the Super Bowl win. Guys were breaking down the AFC West division. So I said this to you probably a few weeks ago, maybe it was months ago, and we were talking about this as we were getting ready for the Super Bowl. I think the way I viewed this, this was kind of a rebuild, and they still won the championship because they had nine or ten young rookie players that contributed on the offense, across the board, on defense. Mm-hmm. Their secondary was young, and they were still able to get it done, Baldy. So going into this season, there's no reason for me to believe that the Chiefs won't be the favorite to win this division. Now, real quick, Chiefs are mm-hmm. and a half. That is the win total over under and a half for the Chiefs. Um, Vegas, six and a half, Chargers, nine and a half, and the Denver Broncos with new coach Sean Payton, eight and a half. Let's start with the Chiefs. Well, I mean, you could just go on and on and on about Patrick Mahomes. He's out there in Kona, Hawaii with the the Mahomey Foundation, raising money. I mean, the guy doesn't make a mistake uh, on or off the field. I mean, he's just, 
He's just the he's the face of this entire league right now. And we're putting him up there already after six years against the greats. I mean, all he's done is win every division uh, that he's been in. The Denver Broncos have never beaten Patrick Mahomes ever. Okay. His first start was against Denver. Von Miller and company couldn't beat him. They played five straight AFC championship games. He doesn't play road playoff games. I mean, it goes through Arrowhead. That's the standard. Now, I was spending a lot of time with their defense coordinator over the last three or four days, Steve Spagnola. And, you know, they had six rookies play an integral part on that defense. And he was telling me about, you know, Trent McDuffie was their first-round pick last year. And he, he had a concussion early in the year, and he missed a bunch of action. And then by the time you got to, you know, championship Sunday against the Bengals and then the Super Bowl, I mean, he was the best outside defender, and he was the best inside defender. He could play zone. He could play man. Now, Legereus Sneed and, you know, and Trent McDuffie, they're the two best outside defenders. They're also the two best inside defenders. So now Steve's got how do he mix and match. So there, there's Trent McDuffie, first play of the game. You know, they're trying to get the ball to, you know, against Cincinnati, trying to get the ball to Jamar Chase, and there, there's McDuffie. Like, he's everywhere. He just has this unbelievable instinct. And then you look at all the other guys that played, you know, uh, you know, a big role, whether, you know, it was Karloftis, you know, that stepped in and started as a rookie first-round pick. I mean, Brett Feach nailed the draft last year. Yeah. You look at the interception, you know, that Watson had against Joe Burrow and, like, all the things that they did, it, it's amazing. And so when you look at the offense, you go, okay, they had to replace two offensive tackles. Orlando Brown Jr. and uh, and Andrew Wiley. Well, they went and got Juwan Taylor, who was about as big as free agent signing as there was in this business on the offensive side. He's going to play right tackle. They went and got Donovan Smith from Tampa. He's played a lot of games in this league. People can debate what level Donovan Smith is. He was trying to protect Tom Brady the last three years. He's not going anywhere, but Mahomes is. Mahomes knows how to get out of danger. Your left tackle gets beat. I think they're going to be just fine up front. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, these guys are inseparable. Like, they walk to every meeting together. I'll see them in Dallas at the offensive line masterminds. And then you just start, start looking at the talent around Mahomes. And it just starts with the tight end. You know, they they seem to be inseparable. You know, whether, you know, it's Kelsey and Mahomes. And so all the other pieces around it, Sky Moore, like you just go through all the list of different guys. It doesn't seem to matter. I mean, they're going to be the team to beat. So, Baldy, the crazy thing about this is the Chiefs last season led the NFL in scoring 29.2 points a game. Total offense, 413 yards a game. You lose Tyreek Hill and you're better? And you put up 38 points in a Super Bowl win against one of the predominant defenses in football. And they didn't punt in the second half and they couldn't get them off the field. Um, they lose Eric B. Enemy. We'll see if that's a loss or not a loss. We'll find out. I mean, Andy Reid's still in charge. Um, it's the next man up. Andy Reid's got so many coaches under his tree. It, it, you lose track of them, whether it's coordinators or head coaches. It's just, it's just, it's just an amazing, you know, it's, it's system, it's culture, all these different things, but there's a standard there and everybody understands what that standard is. And Andy Reid has evolved. I've known Andy since day one in this league. I was at his opening press conference at Philly in 1999. Like his, he has evolved when he got T.O. 
in Philly, the offense changed. Yep. I remember doing show after show for the NFL Network all offseason last year after Tyreek Hill was, was traded. And the Chiefs' standard line was, we have a chance to improve this team. We're going to lose a great player, but we have a chance to, to build this team better. And that's what they did. They were better on defense. They were better taking the ball away. They spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, the young guys got involved, uh, you know, eventually, you know, whether it was uh, Cardarius Tony or Sky Moore, they got involved. They're adding new pieces this year. Rishi Rice was their second round pick at SMU. He was working out with Patrick Mahomes in Dallas before he was even drafted by Kansas City. So, you know, so you just feel like the system is in such good hands with everybody around the league's best player in Patrick Mahomes. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the next team that, at least according to Vegas, has the best odds to win this division. It's Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger in the huddle. Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well. They have the Chargers at nine and a half wins. And it starts for me with Justin Herbert. Total believer, Baldy. Kid can play. Mm-hmm. And I, I seen the kid basically, you know, win with Austin Eckler and nobody else at wide receiver because injuries decimated, decimated this team last year. But here's the kicker for me. He's got, you know, a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Tell me what you think that's going to look like and how that may help a guy like Justin Herbert. He's also next in line to get paid. We've got Burrow and Herbert, guys. When you talk about the next quarterbacks in line that are going to get those big fat checks, those two guys are going to get them. Don't know when that happens. It'll play itself out. But let's talk about the Chargers, Baldy, because they, to me, are an intriguing team if they're healthy. Well, two things last year. Regardless of the health of, you know, whether it was Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, I mean, the guys that all got hurt last year. Um, they couldn't run the ball at all last year. I mean, they were horrible. And they couldn't tackle to save their lives last year. They were terrible. I mean, I don't care if it was, you know, Nick Chubb. I mean, they were all running for long touchdowns against this defense. So you kind of start there and you go, okay, they lost Rashawn Slater like the first week of the season, first or second week. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl left tackle as a rookie. So they've kind of restructured the offensive line. They moved Zion Johnston uh, to left guard next to uh, Rayshon. You know, they Jamari Salyer, who played really well at left tackle, goes to right guard. Like, if they can run the ball better, and then you add Quinton Johnston, you know, at a TCU in the first round with the wide receiving core, I mean, if they can run the ball better, they're going to be a better team, period. I mean, they're going to be able to control the ball better. They're going to win close games. They actually play Kansas City really well year in, year out. So that's that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, they lost Joey Bowser early 
you know, early in the season, he missed at least 11 games with that, uh, you know, abdomen uh, injury. You know, they lost J.C. Jackson for basically the year. He basically didn't play last year. I mean, they had a, you know, there was a lot of factors. But if they could keep that side of the ball together, um, you know, they, they should be a better all-around team. Now, to your first question, Kellen Moore, what difference did he make? Well, you know, we saw like a real balanced attack in Dallas. We saw a real ability to protect the quarterback. We know that not a guy, um, you know, like what they have at quarterback. You've got to take your shots down the field. They're going to be a deep ball passing team. You have to because he's just that good. Anybody that's watched Justin Herbert warm up, been out to practice to watch him. I mean, he's sort of. You, you're just mesmerized by the yeah. ability. Yeah, the, the cannon, man. He's thrown for 14,000 yards through his first three seasons. Um, that's the most passing yards in the first three seasons in NFL history. And then he's second with the most passing touchdowns with 94. We just talked about he hadn't played with a full wide receiving core. At least last year he didn't, and he was still able to do what he did. So the Chargers defensively, let me ask you this. Where are they if Bosa's healthy? in the pecking order of defenses. Baldy, I've got Eagles, 49ers, 49ers, Eagles. But I think when they're healthy, the Chargers are right there. I think that's a top five defense when they got all their guys. Well, they got to tackle better. I mean, they were just so bad last year. And it was everybody. You know, it was uh, it was Derwin James. Everybody was guilty. Um, you know, Khalil Mack did not light up the screen. But you would hope that, you know, one thing that this AFC West did through the draft was they really addressed pass rushers. You know, the Chiefs drafted Felix Anunike Uzama, right? Yes. First-round pick. Um, the Chief, uh, the Chargers drafted uh, Tuli Tua Peloto, you know, from USC. Uh, Tyree Wilson to the Raiders. I mean, everybody said, we've got to bolster our pass rush. Let's go get a guy. Let's get him, you know, let's get uh, Tuli Peloto. Let's get him with Khalil Mack. Let's get him with Joey Bosa. Let's start getting him into the mix learning how to rush the passer, how to set your guys up, you know, how to get and affect Patrick Mahomes ultimately, you know, and that's what everybody's saying, the same thing to Justin Herbert. So it's interesting defensively uh, in that division, how they kind of all addressed the pass rusher in that division through the draft. Kind of countering each other, right? Yeah. Like I see what you're doing and I got to go here to make sure that we can. The arms are yeah, that we can counter you. Guys, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, again, I keep getting back to this because they were injured. They may be the second or third best duo as far as pass catchers in the league when you start talking about, you know, what Joe Burrow has with his two guys. Or, you know, you look around the league and you say, all right, who are the two best? Maybe Waddle and Tyreek Hill in Miami. But when these guys are healthy, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are the real deal, Baldy. Well, you know, when – when I was studying Quinton Johnson at a TCU, my comp was Mike Williams. I mean, he was a deep ball. Like he was a go ball getter. He was a jump ball King. Yep. Like he, he was, uh, you know, 50, 50 ball. Like he, he'd come down with him. He was great. He reminded you of Michael Williams. And that's probably where he's going to play to start with probably back up Mike Williams. And, you know, if they could get them all on the field together and get the deep ball, you know, deep ball passing game going, um, you know, they, they could get, plays, you know, big chunks at a time, and it's possible. So I, I think Justin Herbert's only going to benefit, especially with Slater coming back. I mean, he's just so good. If Sawyer plays at right guard like he did at left tackle, yeah, he should move the ball better on the ground than they did, which was almost non-existent last year. Guys, we're talking about the AFC West. All right, 
Let's talk about the Broncos because they've got a new coach, Russell Wilson, coming off of his worst season as a pro. The offense was abysmal last year. Not to point fingers, Nathaniel Hackett's not there anymore. He's now with the Jets. We don't know if it was Russ or it was Hackett or a little bit of both or guys didn't buy in. Whatever the hell was going on there, Baldy, it didn't look right. So they hired Sean Payton to come in. Vegas has the Broncos at eight and a half, okay? Eight and a half wins. I'm a little surprised about that, considering the division, and you just talked about how dominant Kansas City has been. The Chargers look to be really good. We'll talk about Vegas in just a minute. But with this, it all starts, right, with Sean Payton. He comes oh, yeah. in. He he's going to he's going to immediately instill something different in that organization, right? I mean, from day one, this is how we do business. Well, it starts with accountability. And so, I mean, from Russell Wilson all the way down. So there's one voice in that organization right now, Sean Payton. He's a very he's a very powerful figure from the standpoint of this is what we do. This is why we do it. And it's going to the game planning is going to, mer, you know, it's going to burn midnight oil throughout the week, getting ready for a game. Now, you know, in from everything we had always heard up until last year, Russell Wilson was all in and all that stuff. Um, it's not Russell Wilson, CEO and. You know, Russ is going to cook. That stuff is gone. Yep. This, is a, this is a proven offense and a proven offensive mind basically saying, I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to maximize what I have to use it to the best of our ability to beat what you have. So it's the essence of coaching. And there is, he knows how it's supposed to look. Now, I was with a prominent offensive line coach this past weekend. And he says to me, he goes, Baldy, how many padded practices do you think I get between the start of training camp and our first game? And I said, I should know this, coach, but I'm a little, I know it's going to be a lot less than what I imagined. He goes, I'll just make it simple, Baldy. We get 12 padded practices. That's nothing. It's it's stupid, Carl. We got 12 padded practices in the first week of camp. I when I played. Now, I'm not trying to compare our era to what's going on. But these guys have – so they're trying to put an offensive line together, right? So, you know, they brought in Ben Powers from Baltimore, and they brought in uh, Mike McGlinchey, and they're trying to put this line back together. They get 12 padded practices. Yeah. And it's in three preseason games where you're kind of afraid to play your guys before you open up the season. Like, it's not much. And I'm just saying – I'm just using that uh, reference right there, Carl, to, like, go – Whatever expectations we have, it might take a little while with Denver. It might not happen right away just because they're so limited by what they can do. I mean, Kansas City lines up. They, everybody knows the playbook. Yes. Right? You got a couple of young guys come in, a couple of free agents. <coughs> All right. Yep. Holmes gets them up to speed in the passing game. Creed Humphrey gets them up on the offensive line. Like, it's all in place. Sean's putting a new way of doing things in place. There's discipline. There's accountability. This is the system. This is our base plays. Like, we have to perfect these. And you go, okay, that's what you should do. 12 padded practices. Go everything else to walk through. So, like, I, I feel like we're going to see a difference. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And it might not happen right away. It's a great point. They drafted Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma, wide receiver. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Mims? Is, is he guy immediate starter? He reminded me of Hollywood Brown, to be honest with you. Like, okay. he, was like, he was just like this go-king. 
Like he was, he was a flyer down the field. He can run. Like that's what he reminded me of. Um, now, can he run the whole route tree and do all the things? I don't know. But I think Tim Patrick coming back could be there. I like Tim Patrick a lot. He got hurt before they even started the season last year. He didn't make it out of training camp. And he's a big body. He actually reminds me quite a bit of Michael Thomas. I'm not going to mm. compare him to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas still has the greatest season ever by a wide receiver with 149 catches. Um, his uh, Twitter handle was, you know, you can't guard Mike. Yeah. You know, and Drew Brees just trusted him. So they third down and seven, eight yards. Here it is to Mike Thomas. Like it was over and over and over again. And they had Kamara and they ran these two man games and it was pretty hard to stop. So we got to, we got to kind of like look at who some of these guys could be. Could Patrick be that guy? And, you know, and, and so, um, and before that they had that, you know, the, the guy that they drafted at a Hofstra in the seventh round that I, I can't think of his name right now. I, sh- I should know it. But anyway, um, you know, so I, I just feel like he's got to find what his pieces are. Sure. And Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, like he's got to, he's got to figure out where these guys belong and what they do best. All right. I, I have to address this since we're talking about the Broncos and I know Bronco nation is going to be, you know, like, why are you bringing up old stuff? But from what I had heard, okay, and, and again, this is all secondary. But there was a lot of eagle, eagle tripping going on last year with Russell, and that has to be put aside. Mm-hmm. And that gets back to Baldy, your comment about accountability. I, I don't know how much of that a fit going on the field, but if I'm Russell Wilson, you know what I'm doing? I put my ego in check. And I'm calling Drew Brees. I'm going to call Drew Brees. And I'm going to ask about what this looks like. What should I expect? Maybe he's done this, guys. But if he hasn't, he should. Because nobody knows Sean Payton better than Drew Brees. And they won a lot. They're both going to the Hall of Fame because of it. And I'm just thinking, like, Russ, step back for a second and go, I have a Hall of Fame coach. There are no excuses, okay? What can I do? to make this better. And we can talk about all these pieces, Baldy, and you're right. They've got some players. they got to put it together. But I still think it starts with Russ buying into whatever the hell this is going to be and understanding what's expected from him. And don't try to do too much. Well, I, I won't be surprised. I, as far as I know, Drew Brees is kind of a free agent out there. He's not attached to any networks. Right. It won't surprise me if Sean Payton has Drew Brees kind of shadowing the Broncos, Russell Wilson in training camp. Not that Russell needs to look over his shoulder. He doesn't. No, but no. it sure would. It would sure would be a great resource to have Drew Brees right yep. here, Sean Payton right here. Just understanding the, the concepts, where you go. Because the one thing about Drew Brees is you could just the footwork, the progressions. They both are about the same size, same height. They all both challenged that way throughout their careers. Um, but Drew, you know, Drew Brees is going to go down as maybe the most accurate quarterback of all time. He's up there, you know, whether he is or not. But but I mean, his accuracy was a a pro, was a a byproduct of his fundamentals. Yes, and I think so, sometimes in any sport, Carl, I don't care if you're Aaron Judge and you're striking out too much in baseball, whatever it is, you go back to the fundamentals. You know, free throw shooting. You know, like you just go back layups left-handed right and you go back to basics and it just resets you and and one thing about Drew Brees I I I never felt like 
he ever got away from his mechanics. I remember, in fact, his last year, two years ago, I think he had a game, might have been a national game, like a Monday night. He was literally like 22 or 23. <laughs> yeah. He missed one pass. And it was a swing, like I think to Camara. <clears throat> and that play bugged him more than the 22, anything else in the game. Because he knows that he didn't set his feet right and he made an overthrow. And he, he like the coach was inside his head. That play bothered him because it should have been an easy completion. Yeah. And he rushed the footwork. And I just feel like you can't get enough of that. You just can't. And, and that and when you said your point, Carl, you got to put your ego in check. Yes. Like there's nothing wrong with Drew Brees out there. And I expect to see him. I don't know if that's going to happen if Drew wants to do it. You got a bunch of young kids and who knows. But I would think Drew would want to be there. Sean would want him there. And if to your point, why wouldn't Russell want him there? Yeah. I just – we will see how that plays out. And that may be a behind-the-scenes thing, or maybe it comes out, and, and we'll keep tabs on it. Baldy will be making his way around camps and whatnot when, when camps roll around. But I just think that's one of those situations where, hey, man, I got to look at what's best for the team, and that is best for the team. All right, last but not least, the Raiders. We're taking a look at the AFC West, guys. We're talking about the Chiefs, seven consecutive division titles. We've talked about the uh, – the Chargers and Justin Herbert, new offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore and what that roster looks like. We just talked about the Broncos. The uh, Vegas has the Raiders winning uh, over under six and a half. Okay. Now, Garoppolo, new quarterback. And I got to mention this, Baldy. Derek Carr spoke just yesterday about ending his Raiders career on the bench. And this is a quote from him. I was very upset. I was mad. Well, I understand. I get it. And so now he gets a new start uh, with the Saints, but he's just reminiscing about his time with the Raiders. I think Derek Carr is underrated. I think he's a much better quarterback than people give him credit. But let's talk about the Raiders and what's going on in Vegas. Six and a half over under. They're basically picked guys to be the last team in this division. What What do you think, Baldy? Well, we got to see – uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he has played for, jo- you know, Josh McDaniels in New England, knows him very well, spent his, the, you know, his young career, Patriots backing up Tom, played, started two games for an injury, uh, occurred when Brady was suspended. So he understands what Josh wants, which is very specific. Not a lot at the line of scrimmage. Play comes in from the sideline. This is the play you won. Not a lot of freelancing. Okay. You're wanting this play. Execute it. I think Jimmy – understands that he just came from Kyle Shanahan's system is very similar like that not a lot of chance to, not a lot of ability to freelance and change plays and stuff like that some players would hate that yeah. some players um are enabled by it so i think it starts with Josh Jacobs like you know like he doesn't want to play for the franchise tag he's the league's leading rusher he had an awesome season last year staying healthy uh Led the league in rushing by well over 100 yards. I mean, you got to get him back in camp. There's just not another Josh Jacobs here. You know, Devontae Adams gets over 1,500 yards, maybe the quietest 1,500-yard receiving season of all time. I mean, that's a monster season for anybody, and we didn't really notice. And what do we have, like 12, 14 touchdowns? So, you know, but there's, you know, Hunter Renfro got hurt, and Darren Waller's gone, and, okay, what what's our offense going to look like? Like, it – if you're going to run the ball as well as they did last year, Carl, you got to make the run game pay off. 
I mean, the play action, the deep shots, like it wasn't there. They were shut out by the New Orleans Saints last year. Yep. Went to New Orleans, didn't score a point. Went to Pittsburgh on Derek Carr's last start as a Raider in the playoff hunt, and they put up 10 points. You know, like, you know, their offense was just flat so many Sundays last year where they, you know, you're not winning games scoring 10 points. So, like, it's got to, that's got to change. And then defensively, I mean, outside of Max Crosby last year, like, who played? Like, who was any good? You know, and so, you know, you, you look at Chandler Jones, like, he's got to come back from really a miserable season. They drafted Tyree Wilson to be his replacement. Yep. Um, you could just, you know, they, they put Marcus Epps back there and they got some help in the secondary, which they always seem to need. Um, you know, six and a half probably is not a bad enough. Nobody's going to be happy with Raider <laughs> Nation with that. But, like, it's kind of hard to look at this team right now and go, how do you get to nine wins? You know, like two years ago, they got to the playoffs. They won their last four games to get to the playoffs. They couldn't do that last year. So, like, they got to start a whole lot better than they have the last two years under Josh McDaniels. So, is this a make-or-break year for McDaniels from the standpoint? It does. It feels like it it for me because he comes in, you know, highly touted all those years under Belichick. You have a team that they thought was ready to win. You mentioned it. I mean, they go to the playoffs a couple years ago. It's just – and I think right now – with this transformation that's going on, you get the sense that either he's going to get it done or he's not. And I got to tell you, Baldy, if they're under six and a half wins, I don't know how he keeps his job. I'm just telling you. I mean, I I don't know how you keep Josh and say we're moving in the right direction when the Chiefs are killing it, when the charges look like they're coming. And then here comes Sean Payton and the Broncos. You got to do something. Yeah, well, I mean, just look at the landscape of Vegas right now. The Vegas Knights win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. All right. Mark Davis moves the team out of Oakland. You know, he puts them in Las Vegas, gives them a bright, new, dark, shiny star. You know, the the Death Star. It's an unbelievable facility. The Raider Nation, like, I know they miss the Bay Area. I I, I know it. I mean, but Raider Nation is a global franchise. They come. They sell. They buy the tickets. They wear the gear. They're completely i mean i they raider nation follows me quite a bit carl i I interact with them i i know who they are um they're they travel they do all this stuff they do like six games in that division is not going to cut it it's just not like mark davis there's no way that you could bring a guy back that's winning six or seven games and sean payton's your division patrick mahomes and andy reed's in this division and you know the the chargers are have talent like you just can't stay the course and say it's going to turn this year. Like there's going to be a change. They were 26th points against last year. To your point about the defense, they weren't stopping a nosebleed. I mean, they just well, the teams are just rolling through them. And, and you know, it's it's crazy to think that the talent, some of the talent they have, that they were as bad as they were. So there are some things the Raiders have to do, guys, if they're going to even compete to try to win this division. And to Baldy's point, I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. So, Baldy, as we look at this, let's just take a, a look at this. You still like Kansas City to come back and win another division based on what we know right now, right? I, I do. And, you know, people say, well, you, you know, you can't, um, you know, teams don't win back-to-back Super Bowls. That might not happen. But, like, they've come back hungry every year. Like, I was with, like I said, I was with Steve Spagnuolo this weekend. 
and uh, was with him and his wife yesterday. And, you know, they lost to Cincinnati in the regular season. Yep. Just like the year prior, they lost to Buffalo at home in the regular season. Ugly loss. And they beat both those teams in the playoffs. Yeah. And so the team and the organization, Carl, stays hungry. Like, it's not like they're fat cats sitting back, you know, you know, shining their, their shiny new ring. Like, they're not doing that. Like, they're going to work. And when when you get together, it's you know in Missouri this summer and in some of that uh, that heat that they deal with there, Saint and Saint Joseph's, um, like the, Andy puts them through the paces. He's not going to let them slide. It's just not going to happen. Well, so it's it's they're, tough they're, too. They're, they're hungry. They stay hungry. You know, and, and you know this. It's, that's it's one of the toughest things to do, guys. Uh, at the collegiate level. It's hard. Georgia just won back-to-back championships. That's hard to do. You got to go back to the mid-90s with college football. And then you talk about the repeating thing, Baldy. It's extremely hard in the NFL because of guys changing teams, the the coaching staff changes. And then, as you said, to keep that hunger, um, that that is very difficult to do, especially when you've had this kind of success with the Chiefs. I think, me personally, that's the biggest part of what Andy Reid has done. It's easy to win a couple of these division titles and go to the Super Bowl and win, and you go, hey, <laughs> I'm done. You know, I got mine. What do you want me to do? Andy keeps these guys on the same page, and I think that's the toughest thing to do for any of these coaches. Well, I think it goes back to culture. Like, I just know Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They actually love practicing. You know, like, right. it starts with the love of going out there on the field. The basic, let's go to practice. And we're practicing because we want to get better. Yeah. Like they enjoy like the camaraderie, um, the competition, like all those things that should be fundamental to every team, which aren't in ever in a lot of places. Like they're they like going out there and padding up and going out there and, and getting better. And that's where it's got to start. It's got to start in the practice field. And those guys, I know Andy, how he starts camp, his camp can be as tough as anybody's in his business that first week or 10 days like he's going to find out who's in shape, who wants it, who can play like like he's going to separate them pretty quickly. (laughs) All right. Before we get out of here, chiefs again, right now, favored to win this division, AFC West. We're going to continue to break down each division guys. As we move forward towards training camp, I do like the charges to have a good season. They should be back in the playoffs guys. Brandon Staley fired his offensive coordinator after that collapse in Jacksonville. So Kellen Moore steps in. We'll see what that's about. Denver will be better this year. I just, I believe, I'm a believer in Sean Payton. I've seen him. I just, I think they're going to be better. And then we'll see what the Raiders do. But that's where we're at right now with the AFC West. We'd love to hear your comments. Follow Baldy on social media. I'm at put them up, see Dukes, put them up across all social media platforms. Guys, we'd love to hear from you and tell us what you think about this as we interact with you guys. One one little announcement here, Carl. Uh, The NFL Network now for the third year in a row. We have something called Back Together Saturday. It's the first Saturday of training camp, July 29th. So uh, they're sending me to Green Bay this year. Oh, oh. Uh, We're going to do a live four-hour show there at Lambeau. And I'm pretty excited, to, you know, to see Jordan Love in action, put my eyeballs on him as the guy right now. Because it's certainly going to be a big storyline. Titletown, USA, the Packers are turning from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. That's, um, you know, and if you go back to Bart Starr, like nobody has a legacy at quarterback quite like the Green Bay Packers. 
So back together Saturday, I, I can't wait to get to Green Bay to see the kids on the bicycles carrying the helmet yeah. and the tradition out there in that great town, that great American football town. So anyways, just want to put that out there. When we get to the NFC North, I'll give you a lot more about what that day is going to be like. Yeah, listen, and and man, you just got me fired up. That's fun. That's special. Yeah. Seriously, because when camp starts, I always tell people, like, for me, football season starts. You know, we go through this low after the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we have such a busy offseason. But once we get to that, that's July 27th, July 26th time period where guys are reporting. You're seeing guys show up at camp, and you're like, oh, it's about to be it's on because you know – yes. You know there is the next eight months of my life, right? I yeah. mean, it, this is what it's going to be. So, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to uh, to see what that's going to going to look like. And more importantly, what Jordan Love is saying. Yeah. By the way, and I know we're not talking about this today, but everybody is backing this kid, Baldy. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Look, he can play. We believe in him. We're going to be fine." Now, you can say they're supposed to say yeah. that, but. I don't know. I feel yeah. like there is some confidence there. Maybe, maybe there are some people who are glad that Aaron's not there. Maybe. Uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be a new way of doing business. So um, we'll find out a lot about Matt Lafleur and uh, you know how this team is constructed, his coaching, and and see if this defense can measure up to some of the talent that's there. Yeah. So it's going to be one of because I don't think anybody's given the Packers much of a chance. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the NFC North here. In the next couple of weeks. All right, man. I see you got your Texas Tech uh, shirt on, guys. We get stuff all the time. What do you know about guns up? <laughs> what do you what do you know, what do you know about guns up? Home center. I think you should just name the campus Patrick Mahomes University. Mahomes. That's that's the only thing that matters in Lubbock, Texas, right now. No, it's true. All right, Baldy, great job, guys. Yep. Shout out to Jason Lock on four. He's a part of this podcast as well. Carl Dukes. Thank you guys for being here. We'll continue to break down division, so make sure you're here as we start to focus on getting towards camp. We want to go through every division and talk about these teams, guys. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, and make sure you watch us on YouTube as well. Everybody have a great day. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 